Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. No, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. And like in every, every podcast we do, you can also snap this little QR code. Sadly, in Melbourne, we'll know a lot more about the QR code in the last few days. Uh, but you can snap this QR code, and this one is to uh, sign up to our podcast directly. Uh, joining me is back in the studio, Dave McKenzie. You're right. back and negative. Um, I, know, yes. I know you're always a negative person anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one time I'm glad to be negative. Yes, got my test result back yesterday. I'm all good. I feel a million bucks better. It's an amazing what a few Panadols uh, <laughs> do to you. I tell you what, I'm actually feeling like I might go for a 100k bike ride cool. before the lockdown <laughs> kicks in. It is nice to be back. What a stage we had overnight. Absolutely. Oof, did it. you like what I did with the place? Change it a little oh, bit? I, yeah, I do. I do. I had to put my jersey back, though. Yeah, um, yeah do it yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is cool. I like this one. I like that Peugeot one. And you, and you yeah. were here when Phil signed it as well. Yes. Remember that? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, very nice. Very nice. Anyway, joining us uh, is uh, someone I was in the podcast a, a few, I was going to say maybe years or a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, he's uh, been he a few times. He's yeah. been very busy since then. It's Pat Show. How are you, Pat? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, good to catch up with you. I believe you, you've probably, you have been follow up, uh, following the, the Giro and uh, we, we, we look at what the stage was yesterday but uh, overall what's what's your overall impression of the Giro so far? Oh well I mean it's been fantastic What what's probably highlighted it for me is some of the riders that have won stages and they're riders that uh, particularly our spectators at home and those viewers on the couch peloton probably aren't so intuitive about that have won stages Lafay and, and he's got so much talent from FDJ he's got really good uh, um uh, ability to go on and win other Grand Tour stages in the future too. But it starts his career. It's been fantastic to also see uh, Israel Startup Nation pick up a stage last night. That was great to see as well. But uh, the the evolution of how racing's changing too. I mean, Egan Bernali is still the firm favourite, but the race starts to take some shape now. And on the flip side, we see Remco, who came in with all of the uh, desires to potentially win uh, this uh, this edition of the Giro d'Italia, and that will not be. We can wrap up the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much, Pat. Um, yeah, we might call. He's just covered everything. I love it. Absolutely. Hey, um, Pat, you've you spent a number of years racing in Italy. You know the country well. You know the people well. What have you made of the race this year, I guess, on the other side of the fence with the spectators? I noticed last night, huge crowds, Absolutely. actually. Yeah. And I noticed a bunch of unmasked crowds. For someone who 
been there and raced there. We know the Italians are passionate, but are you are you happy with what you've seen on the other side of the fence? I guess it's really difficult, isn't it? Because um, you know, often it's used as a saying that there's two worlds, and and at the moment we certainly are living in two different worlds. And um, in Melbourne and Victoria, we've just got new uh, lockdowns, but. Uh, the the Italians, as you know, Mac, are very uh, liberating. They're very free. They don't like to be told what to do, and um, but they're passionate. And I think the riders have been passionate too. Um, but I think all things in all, there doesn't seem to be too much coming from the race. I haven't seen issues with uh, COVID testing. And from the riders, although they get tested a lot, they seem to think that it's very safe. Uh, I spoke to Mikel Honore the other night, a good friend of mine, and he's been going really well, but he had that really bad crash two stages ago, got 45 minutes sleep the night uh, after the crash, still out there, and he's loving it, so four days to go. Absolutely. 45 okay. minutes sleep. Yeah. Cheapest. <laughs> that's what that's what humans need. Oh, <laughs> it's bad. It's rough. It's bad. <laughs> it is rough. Uh, let's have a look at uh, the winner yesterday, Dan Martin. Uh, there was a good pick by Brady in our tipping competition. I was spewing because I tipped Bernal. So let, let me explain. And you know this, but I tip, <laughs> I tip Vlaso, uh, Vlasov and, yep. he, and he loses time. The first time he loses time. I tip Evenepoel the first time he lost time. And yesterday, I tip Bernal. And he lost time again. Yeah. Like, I mean, what can I do? What Pat, can I do? Pat, <laughs> you've been following us uh, and, and watching the live, as you said. Um, mate, you're a sprinter. You've won <laughs> enough stages. Just be happy with stage wins. Don't worry about the GC. But right? even then, we're anyway. back to the big guns. <laughs> anyway, Dan Martin, really good winner. We'll listen to him and then we'll talk about yeah. the man and what he's done yesterday as well. What a fantastic victory. What did you know about the riders coming across? I had information from uh, from Nikki the whole climb, and I knew what was going on. And I knew from a, a recon that I did the climb that I just needed to get to 2k to go. So I rode my pace on the on the steepest section, just rode a, a, a good tempo, and then I really went full gas for two and a half k to go, just because I knew that if they were coming close, I could kill the morale. And uh, so yeah, it was it, it wasn't until then that I went really really all in and. Uh, I think the shake of the head there at the end, it really says that I didn't believe it was happening. You know, it's, I still can't believe it's happening. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a really, uh, the race has been a roller coaster for us as a team. We lost, we lost Chris on the first day and then we had some really good stages. We had a lot of, some seconds, thirds, a lot of podiums. And then we lost Nikki and Nikki, um, uh, Demma. Obviously Demma in the pink jersey and then we had Demma crash out and, and Alex get sick. And, but our spirit has always been amazing and we've had a great, team atmosphere and that showed this morning we had a plan to put me in the breakaway and everybody worked for that everybody played a part in this and yeah I didn't think it was going to happen for a bit with a strong headwind I mean the strong headwind was like it killed the speed in the breakaway and it killed our legs but yeah somehow I managed to hang on 101 riders before you had won the stage in every Grand Tour have you done something historical today uh, I just that's what I came here for you know to try and win the stage and I knew that today was one of my last opportunities and with the extra time I lost on uh, the day before the rest day, it was possible to go in the breakaway and then, yeah, I mean, to do it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Well done, Dad. Thank you. 
I mean, what a trooper Dan is. And we always refer back to, uh, remember you and I, when we interviewed him straight after uh, the... Yeah, port, the Tour de France. The Tour de France. The, went, port, went, the port crash on yeah, the Yeah, and then yeah. I, I said this before, but remember he was covered in blood. And we... Like, I'm laughing. I don't, <laughs> but we were tiptoeing. I'm laughing because he crashed. Yeah. No, but we were tiptoeing around him going, hey, can we have a word? He was like, yeah, go on, chaps, no problem. Covered in blood. You, you, know, <laughs> you know how I like to think of Dan Martin. I mean, you listen to what he says there, Pat, and we'll bring you in on this as well, but... Uh, I tell you what, uh, an atomic bomb would hit, <laughs> you know, six months later, you'd see the door open of one of those lead line fridges yeah. and Dan Martin would crawl out and he'd be like, oh, geez, what happened? That, that was rough. Got to be knocked around. <laughs> He's just a oh, ripper though, God. isn't he, uh, Shory? Oh, I think um, you can tell there was a lot of relief there too as well. I mean, there's no um, hidden... Uh, message about the fact that Chris Froome went to Israel Star of Nation has done absolutely zip and the next person in line to really pull that team up to the next level is Dan Martin and as he said they've had some really good moments uh, Alessandro DeMarchi really unlucky and then you could tell he had so much relief uh, to, to really produce a result particularly because smaller teams have won stages in this Giro so uh, it was something I think it was trying to get it off his back a bit. Uh, he's probably a bit disappointed with GC overall, but ultimately to take the stage. And he won it in true Dan Martin style. It was a real gritty. He said how he mm. went full gas last two and a half K. He broke the hearts of the two chasers. And mm. uh, evidently, I think it's probably reminded people just how good he is. I think sometimes Dan can float under the radar a bit. But um, he certainly is one of the toughest souls in the sport of cycling. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a good question actually uh, from uh, Owen, which I want to to put to you, uh, Pat. But uh, the breakaway survival rate in this Giro has been huge. Uh, basically, what what's so different with this tour against any other tour where we always kind of see a breakaway and then they get caught in the last two or three k's? But this time around, breakaways go to the finish line. Why why do you, why do you think that? Uh, well, well, well. It comes down to tactics, really. I mean, we we see different races all the times, uh, all the time, should I say? In this particular Giro, it's just been the perfect recipe for the teams that have led with the pink jersey to let breaks stay away and win. It makes the situation less cha uh, less chaotic. It allows it to be more manageable. And in a lot of the circumstances, the team that's had the jersey not only did they start with less rise than what we've seen in the past in Grand Tours but they've also lost riders before they've got the jersey. And you just can't ride the guts out of it. Uh, you leave yourself open. As we saw Attila, um, when he held the jersey for FTJ, they rode hard to try and get him as close as he could to the finish line. But in the end, what they really did is they, they fatigued him on the way to that, and that's what led to him losing the jersey. But uh, Ineos haven't always chased stages either. They're more important to win the general classification overall. Um, but I don't think we'll see breakaways win on the last two tough mountain stages. But um, it might not be Ineos that's chasing. It might be our men from Bike Exchange for Yates. Uh, we'll talk about him in, in a second. Uh, let, let's wrap up on the uh, Israeli Startup Nation. Let's listen to uh, Sylvan Adams, uh, the co-owner of the team. He's pretty happy. Mm. Um, you know... For, for, the, for the Giro to be successful. We had some success in the first week. We took the Maglia Rosa, our first leader's jersey in a Grand Tour. So that was a real uh, stepping stone for us, a big thing. Uh, but without a stage win, um, you know, Dan kind of 
lost his position on GC uh, he, in, in the technical stuff, the Strada Bianchi, it's not his specialty, and he lost some more time uh, in the wet conditions of the day before yesterday, the day before the break. So for us, you know, uh, we, we needed to come away with a stage win, and so this has been a successful Giro, but I'm hoping we, you know, we'll have a couple more opportunities, maybe tomorrow with Chimolai. Chimolai's had uh, some second places here, so he's been very, very close. He even won a, he won a bunch sprint. Unfortunately, it was one guy up the road. Uh, so, you know, we have, we have a shot to win uh, again tomorrow. There are a couple more interesting stages for Dan, and we're gonna shoot for the time trial as well. We've got Patrick Bevan, and uh, Matthias Brandley, both very good TT guys. And uh, the last stage, maybe maybe Ghana will be a little bit tired from all the work he did this week. And uh, so we have a couple more opportunities to, to go for for some more stage wins. They're hungry. They're hungry for victory. That's, that's well, for sure. Why not? He, um, incidentally, that gentleman, I believe, is the owner of Israel. He effectively funded the Giro to start in Israel yeah. a few years ago when it did. So he has put a huge investment into into that team and into the country as well. And he loves the Giro d'Italia, no yep. doubt about that. So the, that's the guy you want to please. Ultimately, <laughs> forget about pleasing the director sportive. Please the man with the money yeah. and then everything's fine. <laughs> uh, question for you here, uh, Pat, for, for the public. And uh, we, we have... Uh, we think we may have the answer, but it's open to debate, actually. Dan is the third Irishman to win in all three Grand Tours. Uh, but how many Australians are in the list? Do we know this? You've got a bit of an idea. Oh. It's, I know, I'm gonna it's go three or four. Brad, Brad McGee is definitely, because he held the leader's jersey in all three at some stage in his career. I yep. think uh, you would find that it would be hard to say Robbie McEwen hasn't won yeah. a stage in all three. Uh, I don't think Robbie the Robbie never won. Oh, I don't think Robbie's won in the Vuelta. Interesting. Oh, really? Garen's well, has I won know all three. He has two because he's led the jersey in all three as well. Caleb has won in all three, yeah. I believe. That's a good question. We'll come back to you uh, yeah. on this, Jennifer, because yeah. uh, that's a tough one. But, uh, Get yeah. your shop assistants onto it. <laughs> Get them to Google it. Get them to Google it, man. <laughs> uh, but ov overall, I mean, if, if we just wrap up on, on Israel, uh, you mentioned... This is the year in the Giro where little teams or smaller teams or outsiders are winning, and we definitely see this. Oh, look! It all kicked off at the at the start of the tour, at the start of the Giro, and the amazing breakaway victory that it was. And we were all so on the edge of our seats. We thought the break would get caught, and uh, um, the attack came from the Dutch rider, forgetting his name right now, uh, Van der Hort. Uh, who rode solo to the finish, and it looked like he was going to pass out for part of the race to the finish, but it was so good to see Van der Horn uh, win that stage. But also, I'm glad that the, the boss of Israel Star Nation mentioned Paddy Bevan. Uh, I'm a great fan of Paddy Bevan's. I rode with him in the National Road Series back in Australia with Avanti Racing, and he looks like he's finally found a common ground in a team that understands him and he understands them. And he's not a write-off for that final time trial stage. He is a great time trialist, and when you have a look at his results across the board, for the whole time he's been the World Tour Peloton, he has been thereabouts in the time trials. And I think um, we can equally root for uh, Paddy Bevan as an Aussie Kiwi uh, in the last stage, but certainly some serious water to pass under the bridge. 
Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about this man. Uh, it's uh, Remco Evenepoel. Uh, he just announced the retirement uh, from that Giro. I mean, honestly, when we watched the crash yesterday, there was no doubt that he was in pain and it was a tough crash. He was lucky. He was very, he was lucky. very lucky. What do you make, Pat, actually, on the performance on Remco? Uh, I know we, like, some people are disappointed, but should we really be disappointed or is this the making that will make him, make him even stronger in, a, in the years to come? Well, I've got a few uh, uh, ideas about this. First, I've got to say that I've never really been a huge Remco fan, mainly because uh, of the arrogance that he had when he came into a peloton that was full of such great champions already who had established their careers and particularly his uh, antics uh, at, uh, I think it was Tour of Turkey a few years back and also uh, when he would do this to sort of suggest that he was the greatest of all time before he'd really achieved anything in the uh, the senior ranks of the sport. So uh, he didn't wasn't really in my great books already and um, certainly uh, left a lot to desire from a purist standpoint. But if anything, this Giro has given me a desire to follow him further. If he had have come out and smashed everyone, I wouldn't have enjoyed him as an athlete. I now look forward to his fight back and proving everyone that he can be potentially the greatest of all time or at least a very good bike rider. And, um, yeah, I think I've really enjoyed seeing his vulnerability, which he should have at that age. And after nine months after his crash, to come back, if he had have won stages and, well, with, with one for a better word, took the piss, we, we really wouldn't have been able to follow him with credibility, I don't think. Uh, so, Christoph was wondering why I wanted to get you on. There's why, my <laughs> friend. Get <laughs> There's up. exactly why. Get out. Get it. out. <laughs> I love it. No, it's, uh, I love it. It's because we're all sort of drooling over him yeah. because he is, and I know you won't disagree with this, Pat, he is this incredible talent, isn't he? But... Oh, yeah, everyone's got a little chink in the armour and it's not going to be as rosy for him as maybe what any of us expected. Absolutely. Uh, let's no, have an update no, on the, oh. the list of, uh, of the riders, actually, just quickly. Uh, Jennifer, Aussie riders winning in GCs. Uh, uh, Caleb, oh. Caleb, yep. Bling, yep. Rowan Dennis. Rowan Dennis. Simon Gerrans. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His name's Michael Matthews, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know him as Bling. <laughs> yes, I, I, I pulled the list oh, out. Yeah. So, uh, McGee hasn't won a stage in all three, but he's led all three. Is that what it is? Oh, ah. I think so. I think you're right. Because <laughs> uh, he definitely about... won leaders, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that is true. Talking yeah. about Chinka in the armor, what about this uh, yesterday? Uh, what about this photo of, you know, this photo I think says says it all or, or it says a lot about how Egan Bernal was feeling yesterday. You can read, even on the photo, you can read the word vamos, vamos. But look at Caruso at the back as well. Uh, what did you make of, uh, of that performance yesterday from, from Egan Bernal? Well, firstly, let's say uh, Damiano Caruso has ridden a phenomenal race and he's, <laughs> he's sort of that in the shadows right and no one's talking about it, even though his performance is phenomenal. Uh, Egan Bernal, well, it was, it was brilliant in the circumstances, but he only survived due to that great team and teammate of his in uh, Danny Martinez, who I think if Bernal does not start the Giro, Martinez wins the Giro. So still a lot to take place, but... You can interpret that photo and you can interpret the language between the riders in different ways. One thing people have got to remember is that those two riders know each other really well, really personally. 
And for Egan Bernal, I get the feeling he's that type of rider that needs to be challenged all the time. Martin needs to say, vamos, come on, you've got to dig in deep because it's now or never this could be the Giro. He's inspiring him as much as what a DS in the car would be at that time. And I think when you train together all the time and you work so hard throughout the Giro, team, letting the management down is one thing. Letting your brothers down that are in the team that have grinded it out all the way through the terrible weather, uh, sometimes bad luck, leave, losing Sivakov, all those challenges. You've done that as a group together. He knew that he was more inspired by the actions of Martinez than what he would be from someone sitting in a nice warm car. Absolutely. Uh, let's listen to Egan Bernal straight after the stage. So, so day, how, how are you today? Did you suffer a lot? Uh, today was a tough day for me, for sure. Uh, I mean, the last uh, the last uh, kilometers were like really steep, and I tried to to follow Yates, uh, and but uh, yeah, today he was uh, stronger than me, and then I just uh, tried to to arrive with Caruso, who is the the closest in the in the GC. I don't want to to take any risk, uh, but uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Jace uh, today was impressive and I just uh, uh, did uh, my best. Have you been worried? I, I'm happy because I don't lose uh, too much time with uh, with Jace and in today's stage and today was perfect for him. And and then with Caruso, who is the second in the GC, I lost uh, just uh, a few meters. So. Uh, in a bad day uh, today, I just lose uh, almost nothing with the second day GC. I, I have some advantage with uh, with Jades, so I need to just to, to arrive in, with uh, some time uh, to Milan, and then uh, if I if I win the Giro with with one second or two minutes for me it will be the same. Thank you. It was uh, Egan Bernal. There's a, a slight comment here uh, from Raymond that said there was a rumor that Bernal was the strongest in the peloton, but I think not without the Chainsaw Boys. Uh, you know, from yesterday, <laughs> uh, if you saw this image of the Chainsaw Boys. Yeah. Uh, 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 there's, they're smelling blood. Yeah. This mm. yesterday, they didn't know. Yates said he didn't know that Bernal was dropped at first yeah. until he, he said I was accelerating anyway. They are smelling blood. And you, if you think this Giro is over, oh. it is far from... We've been saying it for two and a half weeks, haven't we? We've been talking about the third week and the last four days, and here we go. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Pat, you well, said this as well at the beginning. This Giro has basically only just started. Everything we did so far was a product to what's happening this week. It, it certainly is. And, I mean, it's a perfect recipe. Uh, redemption, possibly, for Yates uh, after losing... The Giro, he was leading for, I think, 10 days before he lost the jersey to Chris Froome uh, three years ago now. And uh, maybe redemption, maybe he can turn the tables on the team that did it to him. But there's a couple of other recipes, a part of the story. Nick Schultz, he pulls out overnight. I think he's a really big um, loss for Bike Exchange. But equally, I think that uh, the stress in and the hesitation for Bernal to answer certain questions in that interview suggests that he understands the quality of Simon Yates. And for me, Yates came in with the best form on paper, but he didn't really perform to the level we expected. He seemed to drop off and now he's coming back up. I don't think Bernal's concerned about Caruso in the time trial. Uh, so I think if he can hold him on the two stages, difficult stages that come up after tonight's stage, he'll be happy. 
But Yates is still a very big issue for him. And they're different riders. They don't match up really well at all. And that's why we tend to see they don't finish together all that often, either Bernal advantage or Yates advantage. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Simon Yates after the stage yesterday. We actually missed the breakaway and uh, I wanted to have a go for the stage. So, uh, I mean, by the time the breakaway had already gone, there was only uh, 60 or so kilometers before the, the first climb of the day. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a huge job. It wasn't like we had to ride 200 kilometers on the front and burn all the team. Um, and they did a great job and chapeau to them. Chapeau to the team indeed. Uh, look, Maka. And Pat, I'm going to have to ask you this question. Yates or Bernal as the winner of the Giro this year? Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, Caruso. Have you got, <laughs> have you got the drum roll? <laughs> Yates. Yates. Okay. Yates. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this because I know it sounds maybe not far-fetched, but if we go back to those Giros, those last few Giros that we've seen, this is completely not out of the question. Yeah. Nibbly one being four minutes, 40 seconds down at the same time as now. And I know it's completely different. I know it's different riders. It's different circumstances. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there and say Bernal is going to capitulate on these two mountain days. Okay. Before you answer, Pat, you, the public, catch Peloton in the box below. This is your turn. <laughs> Yates or Bernal or anybody else who will win this Giro. And I'll keep the, the comment alive. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Oh, look, the Giro, it's something special. I mean, the year that Nuvoli won, it was Kruzewick that should have won easily, crashed into the side of the mountain on the descent in the snow, and hearts broke that day for him. He's probably never going to get that opportunity again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with Bernal. I'm gonna th I think he probably can't quite lose enough because the stages probably aren't tough enough, and with a man like Martinez by his side. But I'd love to see Yates push him all the way, and so... I'll go Bernal. I think that if anyone's got the ability to turn the tables, which is very hard to do when you crack in a Grand Tour, it's Egan Bernal. And particularly, probably cracks at the right time. An easier stage tonight uh, for the Couch Peloton to enjoy. As we heard, Chimelay may be a chance. Hopefully, Paddy Bevan a chance for Israel Startup Nation tonight as well. But I'm going Bernal. Yeah, it looks like uh, the, the the majority of our, of our audience is going uh, Yates, but there's a, uh, a few Bernal majority here. Majority going Yates. Yeah, yeah, majority really? so far is going Yates. So they're uh, jumping on the wagon. <laughs> Come uh, but, on, there's, there's room for more people. There's, there's even, room for there's, more. There's even more, a big offense. Jennifer, uh, which follows the podcast quite a lot, yeah. she says, Bernal, but I'll be barracking for Yates. There you go. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Aussie connection. I mean, yeah, look... Uh, We've interviewed Matt White, and yeah. I, I think I tell you what, I might have to pick up the the dog and bone and, and bone. try and get him on again yeah. before the before one of these mountain stages. I feel like they've invested so much in it, and I feel like I think Matt White's one of the smartest directors out there. I think they they are now sniffing a victory, and they yeah. will try anything and everything to drop Bernal. Yep, interesting. Yeah. You agree, Pat? Yeah, I was going to say it's a difficult one, Maga, because I see it as if. Uh, bike exchange, should I say, need to sort of ride the stages because Ineos don't want to fight it out as much. But at mm. the same time, I'd love to see them put Nieve up the road, someone that Yates can ride onto when he finally gets that gap and um, and then potentially bring back him in the half two minutes in the first of the two uh, difficult stages because he needs to be within 20 seconds going into that time trial. He he does, and so just to Thank go on um, what Pat said as well, it's real. It is really disappointing for Nick Schultz. Yeah, 
Shame for him. He broke his fifth metacarpal. I didn't even know there were five yeah. in his hand uh, in that crash. And that that's a real blow for yeah. Yates because Nick was has stepped up massively in the last two yeah. months. Absolutely. So. And I was going to say, uh, comments from the stage yesterday, uh, Robbie explained uh, how Nieve means snow, so they call him Frosty. That is so Australian. Yeah. For me, that is that quarter Australian. <laughs> mate, we just find a way to make up a nickname. I wonder where you anyway. call me behind my back. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's all good. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Cold the stage. <laughs> let's talk about the stage tonight. Uh, pretty flat, but some pinches at the end. Uh, that has got Sagan written all over it, I believe. But what do you think of this? Uh, Yes, I'm not going to give it away because the tipping comp is tightening up. No, no, um, the Sagan is gone. <laughs> so he's go. gone, is he? Okay, it's got Sagan written all yeah. over it. Four climbs in the last 35 kilometres. They're not long. They're two. They're, they're between two and five kilometres, but the last climb comes with five kilometres to go. So yeah. I think it'll be a, a really exciting finale. Will a break survive? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. And Pat, who do you see? Other than Sagan, I need the tip tipping information. I've been super impressed by David Chimalay and uh, he's shown he can beat Sagan on the line. As he was mentioned, he did win a bunch kick, but it was Sagan that he beat and there was the rider away. I think uh, he's a chance to but also there is big chance for a late attack to survive because at five kilometres to go with legs really tired, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got good legs and some riders do come good third week, this is their last opportunity for an opportunist. They're not going to win the next two stages. So look for fireworks from left, right and centre, particularly our mates, the Italiani. And the Tifosi will be strong on the sideline, chanting them all the way to the finish. Absolutely. Uh, this is how you can watch uh, the Giro tonight. So it's on SBS On Demand. Uh, earlier than on Viceland, so you can tune in at uh, 25 past 7 straight away on SBS On Demand, and it's at 20 past 9 on Viceland. I believe you are in the commentary box as well tonight. I believe You've I been am. called in. I've been called in. <laughs> because of the misery we are having uh, today in, uh, in Victoria, it looks like uh, a certain Robbie McEwen has to Fly home. He's hightailed uh, it. So he's on the he's on the Learjet yeah. as we speak. <laughs> uh, they don't so. exist anymore, but he's on something similar. <laughs> uh, but you are fitting in tonight with uh yeah. with Kino. I am. Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be good. Um, Anything should, else? You know? No, no. Just I think Pat's right though. Just based on that, because let's remind ourselves and everyone, there's no Champs Elysees or yep. circuit race around Milan. It's a time trial. So this really is the last opportunity. Yep. Um, Th there's a question here. Can Gavria? do anything tonight. I'd, I'd love to not... see him get a win. Shory, would you like to see Gaviria get a win? I mean, he's had a rough trot the last couple of years. He's come close. I think it'd be good to see him get one. He, I just don't get it. If you were that fast, Mackie, you wouldn't make the silly decisions he makes. I mean, he lost the stage uh, where he went from 250 to ghost, uh, where Caleb absolutely murdered him mm. on the line. I just think... If he just if he just breathed a little bit and believed in himself, he would win by ten lengths tonight. He is that much quicker than everyone left in the race, but he still will not finish top five. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's I tell you what, the yeah. truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you say. Yeah. He's made a couple of big errors. Um, I might patch you through to him though. You need, <laughs> you need to get in on the free meeting and just tell him straight. This is Pat Shaw, mate. You don't know him, but anyway, yeah. this is what he's got to say. <laughs> he's going to tell you straight, mate. That's <laughs> uh, last question for you, Pat. There's a couple of jerseys behind you. Uh, what are they? Tell us what it is. 
Um, so, uh, as everyone, well, a lot of people know, we've got a long history in cycling, so we love our cyclists, regardless of whether it's uh, some of the stuff we've been able to do in our own careers, Dennis, my father. But these uh, jerseys, so the one over this side's Lucy Kennedy from when she won the uh, Women's Jago Herald Sun Tour, which was an amazing race to see and still one of Australia's strongest women cyclists. So love her, got her jersey there framed. And then on the other side, we've got Jessie Norton, who's, been an employee from the store for a long time here locally and one of Ballarat's best up young coming talents and that's his national champions jersey from the criteriums in under 19s impressive uh, and also I'll have a couple of tubes if that's okay uh, uh, no, tires. Tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just put a put aside a gravel bike because um, <laughs> I, I tell you what He's, he's one man that's actually happy about lockdown because <laughs> bike shop sales are going to go through the roof again. So you're just rubbing look, your hands together. Look at him smiling. Look at I him know, smiling. he's loving it. He's talking it down, but he's actually loving it. Yeah. But, thanks oh, for joining us, Pat. Yes, au revoir, Christophe, and uh, we'll see you soon. All the best in the booth tonight, Macca. Uh, definitely love the Vuelta and uh, Giro commentary, so I'll be tuning in tonight. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Sorry. There you go. There you go. This is uh, roughly the end of the, the podcast. That was cool. It was good to have Shore in. Look, he doesn't hold back on his opinion. No, and, but what that's, like what, that's what I love. <laughs> and he he what he well he's obviously raced at an elite level in Europe and predominantly well he spent a season in France, yep. spent a few seasons in Italy. Uh, but he watches it from all angles. <laughs> he absolutely does. So he's got his finger on the pulse. Do we have time to grab a, a drink or before? Or is it all shut? I don't know. Is it all shut? I, oh, I, 6 I p.m. Remember. Mate, yeah. you know, we got loads of time. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central. Uh, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, tomorrow, 4 p.m. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a World Tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.